0: Well, it does help. I mean, there are times where when I'm in the gym, I will do the uh, down dog and up dog. I'm not sure who come up with those crazy names, but uh, ultimately... Ever
1: seen a dog stretch? Well, you actually have. That's
0: That would make That's sense. That's the I down dog.
1: So a few things that are absolutely necessary to keep that weight off is, number one, having a good relationship mm. with food. Oftentimes, we go on those restrictive diets, the 500 calorie day diet, or we're going to fast it off, or run it off, or whatever it is, we have to have a healthy relationship yep. with what's on the plate.
0: Well, we can't have food being our best friend.
2: I don't know how many of you have ever seen the old classic Christmas story, It's a Wonderful Life, right? But but in that movie there was a run on the banks right and it's like oh my word nobody had any any cash well this actually is happening in real life and it won't be a wonderful life right
1: Yoga a healthy choice for exercising, and if so, is it right for you? What do you know about this thing called yoga?
0: Oh.
1: Is that all you know about yoga? Is that what comes to mind when you think mm-hmm. about yoga?
0: No, no, just doing a little <laughs> well, yoga here. No, I think yoga. it it gets a little bit weird in some people's worlds or opinions, but it definitely is a good thing to do to sort of stretch the body, uh, build flexibility, and it's pretty challenging too.
1: Yeah, so it can build flexibility. And due to the fact that you uh, do all kinds of poses, what is it, down dog, up dog, triangle pose, tree pose, there's all kinds of different poses that you're actually having to use your body mechanics to stay in one position for a certain length of time.
0: Well, it does help. I mean, there are times where when I'm in the gym, I will do the... uh, down dog and up dog i mean i'm sure who come up with those crazy names but uh, ultimately ever
1: seen a dog stretch
0: well you actually have that's that would make <laughs> that's sense the down i did not realize that but yeah i think that they're good um, i get people's complaints or concerns about the um, The mystical origins of it but ultimately i think people need to get their minds off of that and just start moving the body mechanically in different areas to bring challenge to the body and more um, mechanical health to the body
1: so we've kind of understood that it does improve flexibility that would make sense because you're doing these stretching poses it also brings strength because you're using your own body weight as, as a weight when you're holding these poses for different lengths of time. Yoga also involves, you know, breathing. That's one of the things that we've talked in mm. previous episodes about calming the nervous system is the diaphragmatic breathing. Yep. But the, what about stress relief with yoga?
0: Well, I think it is because ultimately when you go out and lift weights, another type of exercise people are familiar with, or go out and um, do some sort of cardiovascular activity, you know, that may be relaxing a bit. But it's still also strenuous yoga has active relaxation techniques mixed in and that's a good thing because many people are stressed out so i think a good yoga class or a good stretching class is probably just what the doctor ordered uh, you know typically post-exercise is good so when you think about yoga you want to think about doing it in a post-exercise manner not pre-exercise manner, although it is exercise in itself.
1: Well, and, and yoga, if we are stretching and we're strengthening and we're using our breath, it seems to me that yoga would also play a very big role in improving mental health.
0: Well, it will, because as we've talked about a bunch of times, the stress response is something that's very chronic in our world today. And people today are uh, they're kind of addicted to stress anymore, you know, and that's what they are driven to. A good uh, place of yoga is, is nice because you can actually, you know, not just disconnect from the world, but you can sort of kind of connect with yourself again, really understand the way your body is. You know, we hear the terms, uh, feel your breath. Or, or experience your breath, where's your breath, you know? And I've talked many times about diaphragmatic breathing. That's sort of a yoga-ish technique, you know, pushing the breath downwards in the diaphragm as opposed to having y'all up here all the time, you know? Yeah, well, so and, the, and that good changes
1: things. the autonomic nervous system's response. So it takes it out of fight or flight and more into rest and relax, which would calm the brain.
0: Well, and people uh, would relate to this that have taken a yoga class. If you're out there, you know full well that at the end of that, when you're having your cool down time, it's not uncommon to hear somebody snore. I've heard that before. Like, what in the world? That's somebody snore. They're, they're <laughs> asleep, the man. So they've relaxed. Uh, yes. And, and that's not a bad thing. So, yeah. And usually it's in an environment with, um, without headbanging music. It's usually calm, calm and that's good. And the lights
1: are softer.
0: Yep. and so you really want to put yourself in an environment, um, whether it's in a group class or even alone, to sort of bring that sort of um, you know, vibe into your life more often.
1: Now, from a clinic standpoint, I personally have been through five different yoga training certifications. So not all yoga classes are created equal. And when it comes to like back problems, neck problems, hip problems, yoga can be very beneficial when you're taking instruction from somebody who really actually knows how to line the system up and line those joints up in a manner that can... um, decrease disc compression, yep. decrease, uh, for, for uh, lack of better terms, inflammation.
0: Well, and that's good, and it all depends. I mean, it's all about the instructor, the type, et cetera. I mean, one, one type I'm not a big fan of is, is where you go just drink wine. I'm not, not a big fan <laughs> of that. I don't think that's <laughs> very, very wine. wise. You know, just go drink a bunch of wine, and let's get drunk and do some yoga. Uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, although I guess that would give you a little bit of relaxation, I suppose. But And then there's hot yoga. Right? That's a whole different type. That can push the heart rate up a little bit higher. And improve flexibility because
1: of the heat. Mm -hmm. So yoga may, with all of these things that we've talked about, from flexibility to strength, of course, you improve strength, you improve the quality of muscle, the Mm -hmm. tone of muscle and bone density. It improves breathing because oftentimes they're guiding you with your breath. You know, you breathe in and you breathe out with each pose. We've talked about how that can actually improve mental health or calm anxiety or change uh, brain chemistry. So overall, yoga sounds to me like can improve the quality of one's life and even dealing with physical issues like lower back, neck pain, those kinds of things.
0: Oh, there's no question. I, I'm I think that yoga is good. We've been asked about that, you know, tens and probably even hundreds of times, but I think it's good for us. I think we should be doing it. You know, we should we should be training in a cardiovascular manner. We should be training with some kind of resistance training, and we should be doing some kind of stretching, inclusive of yoga.
1: What do you think about yoga and its ability to boost the immune system? If you're moving through these poses and you've got more blood oxygen and nutrients circulating through the system, does that resonate with any kind of boost in immune health?
0: Well, it does. I mean, if the body's toxic and it's dealing with toxins, it's not going to be able to deal with the attacks that come on you from, you know, bacteria, you know, parasites viruses etc further you, when you exercise in any way you get the the lymphatic system moving as well so you get this secondary line of toxins pushed out as well so it is beneficial in all aspects and you know people look at us and say well we're christians how can we do yoga look just take all the mystery out of it, the mystical stuff out of it, and move the body more in those predictor positions, find a good instructor, and you'll find yourself getting healthier. We hear it all the time. So try a little yoga out. It's not a bad thing, and you'll be better for it. could use your assistance. Okay, um... Jesus. Huh? I, my name is Jesus.
1: <laughs> sure. Jesus? Jesus is here today!
0: You, uh, you looking for a job? Yes, sir. You and Mark have 45 days before the bank forecloses. Not to worry. They do not call me, by God, Byron. for nothing. The collection plate starts to be passed around. Mark reaches
2: into the basket and shouts, you and your family are the winner from the First Church of the Lotto. Kind of think of it like a high-stakes bingo night every Sunday. Poopy diaper!
1: Poopy Diapers! This video of the diaper is going viral right before our eyes.
2: This is a miracle.
1: What What is? is
2: Friends of Faith has over 300,000 followers. Oh my God! That's more followers than Moses had! Jesus! Take the wheel! No! Take the wheel! I got it! I got it, buddy! And when you navigate through these these economies with people, here's, here's what happens. We want to hold their hand through it, let them know when it's time to buy, sell, reallocate, get out of Dodge. Because a lot of times when you're struck with fear, fear does two things. Number one, it can paralyze and and people just put their head in the sand and say, I'm just going to forget about it. And hopefully it gets better or it causes you to make a wrong decision. And this is why we are here is to help people navigate through the political quagmire nonsense that's going on the economic malaise and the absolute collapse that we're seeing. And when our freedoms are eroding, our political freedoms, our economic freedoms, our personal freedoms, our religious freedoms, our health freedoms, they're all tied together. But you know what doesn't need to erode with that? Our finances.
1: KirkElliottPhD.com forward slash Sherwood. Exploring biohacking, bioharmonizing, biosynergizing, stacking, resilience, or anti-fragility?
0: Start here. No gimmicks, just proven results.
1: Once you lose that weight, What's the resolve to keeping it off?
0: There's people out there that are listening right now. They're going to say, I've lost the same 30 pounds 30 times. And it's like on and on. We were talking to a producer, Stevie, just before this. He said, you know, weight loss is kind of like a sponge. You 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 kind of get it off. You squeeze the water out <laughs> of it, and there it comes <laughs> yeah, right there. back again. Rebound um, effect. There, there are some things that we can do to help that process. I think, number one, and this is going to sound a little bit squirrely, don't use weight loss as a main goal. It will sound a little bit contrary, but that's, that's actually true. Well,
1: it's like we say in the clinic, body composition optimization is what's necessary, but you have right. to understand what that is, and you have to chase the right goal. You want to maintain lean mass and get rid of that fat mass.
0: Well, body composition is a big deal. That's measured by body fat percentage. So the body fat percentage that we like to get to for men, somewhere between 10 and about 15 percent. For ladies, somewhere between about 18 and about 25 percent. If you don't have a ability to measure that, and some people don't, it's fine. You simply want to have um, a good physique and you don't want to have excess belly fat. That's what it boils down to because that becomes inflammatory. So it's really not about losing weight as much as it is improving your body composition to a place of health, a healthy composition.
1: So a few things that are absolutely necessary to keep that weight off is number one, having a good relationship mm. with food. Oftentimes we go on those restrictive diets, the 500 calorie day diet or we're gonna fast it off or run it off or whatever it is, we have to have a healthy relationship yeah. with what's on the plate.
0: Well, we can't have food being our best friend. Comforter. Yeah, there's the really no comforter. such thing as comfort food. You know, that's kind of a uh, antithetical kind of a concept. It's like, you know, I'm friends with my bag of chips because it always obeys me and does what I want it to do, and it'll always give yeah. me enough love every time. It'll, it'll keep giving. It's the gift that keeps on giving, but it's actually a, it's a, it's not a gift, and it keeps on taking. We, we want to look at food as fuel. That's it. Bottom line, food as fuel. When I look at the fruit and the the, the the veggies that are right here in front of us, there are nutrients in there that are necessary for us to have good function. God made those so that we would be drawn to those to put in our body what we needed so it would work okay.
1: So a couple other habits around food is if we, we know we have to eat the right things. We know we have to have a good relationship with it. We need to be mindful of portions, yep. likely portion control. Stomach's the size of your fist. And if we're eating more than the size of our Not fist a at any one meal, it's uh-huh. likely that we're overeating. Yep. What about eating late?
0: Well, eating late's a negative too, because it will disturb sleep.
1: So right? people, maybe, maybe it's a good idea to back it up around 6 p.m.?
0: Oh, I like uh, uh, about three hours between our last meal and bedtime because if if you experience like acid reflux out there, a lot of times that occurs because you eat and you got horizontal in that acid from the you know, purposely acidic area of the stomach starts coming back up by gravity. And that's not really a a wise thing to do. But the bottom line is that will cause you to retain weight. If you overeat, if you eat too late, if you disturb your sleep because of that, you will have a persistent uh, state of weight uh, retention on your body.
1: What I, I don't... So eating late can be a problem. Carbohydrate intake is also another big thing mm. that can be a menace. That's yeah. we get the munchies. Oftentimes, the munchies are chips or uh, cookies or candies or things that have that sweet, sweet or salty saltiness mm. to them. We probably need to monitor our carbohydrate intake.
0: What we do and some of the things you mentioned—they're not food. Right, so if you... Unfood, yeah, or un-food
1: <laughs> franken foods or anti-foods?
0: frankenfoods, that kind of stuff. You know, honestly, um, you've said it before. There's not one essential carbohydrate. There are essential vitamins, minerals, amino acids, fatty acids that come from food. So if we eat carbohydrates, the majority of those carbohydrates seem to come from like plants, like fruits and vegetables. If we just do that, we'll find that keeping the weight off is easier. It is easier to keep the weight off than it is to get the weight off once you've gained it back. Because it becomes absolutely demoralizing if you keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And as you age, it comes on faster and comes off slower. That's just part of the, the journey of getting older.
1: So watching those dense carbohydrates, would it be a rec- good recommendation to move those carbohydrates over to more like more plants? Because plants yes. have more fiber. They have more nutrients. There, It takes more energy to burn green vegetables and oh, yeah. there are calories in them. So as we move away from so much of the carbohydrates, maybe move those carbohydrates to above ground Non root, non starchy vegetables.
0: If you do that, if you do that, you're going to be successful. If you'll, I've gotten so much criticism for this, but if you just give up bread, you know, if you're overweight, just give up bread. Don't eat it because the way it's constructed now, it's very high glycemic, meaning it raises blood sugar to cause you to gain weight, it'll make the hormone insulin go up, all that mess. It's good. But the bottom line is if you just give that up, and give up processed foods, you will lose weight because that's what the body wants to do. Remember that we're created with a design inside of our body to do everything possible to not have excess weight, right? That's normal. The body has to adjust to excess weight, which becomes abnormal. That's why people uh, see a relationship with excess weight and more disease prevalence. And in America, it's kind of sad. You know, obesity is the fastest growing non-communicable disease in the history of the world. Think about that for a moment. And America has epitomized how to be very good at that. So we're working on on
1: tips to resolve that. So we want to make sure we don't eat late. We don't overeat carbohydrates. We eat more vegetables. We probably also should optimize our protein intake. Sometimes we restrict our calories so much, we don't get enough protein. And protein is the building blocks of life. So you can't maintain that lean muscle mass if you don't get enough protein.
0: That's why getting on the scale weight is deceptive because you could lose muscle causing the scale to go down and you could think that's good, but it's not good. It becomes less healthy. The more muscle you can maintain, the less fat you can attain. I hope people caught that. The more muscle you maintain, the less fat you can attain. So the body composition really can be optimized like that. So protein grams, try to get at least in the area of 60 to 80 grams a day. And that's for a general for most people. There's a bunch of variables on there, age, activity, muscle mass, size, et cetera, but that's a minimum.
1: So also, it is very important for people to exercise, get mo- both cardiovascular exercise and resistance training. Those couple things are also keys to maintaining weight loss or optimal body composition.
0: Absolutely. And we do this every day, all day with people all over the country. So if, if that's an issue you need help with, um, reach out to us. We'd love to help you get those excess pounds off and keep them off forever. Up next, our financial guru, Kirk Elliott, gives us advice on what you need to know at this time in history.
1: Hey friends, you already know the answer to this, but we'll ask you anyway. If you stay away from your favorite junk food for a month and then go back to supersizing it, will your health improve?
0: Well... That's the thing about change. To change, we have to be as consistent as possible.
1: And when we go back to an old habit, it's not the end of the world. We just get back at the new habit.
0: Before you know it, real transformation is evident to you and others.
1: That's why we offer a bunch of helpful bonuses when you subscribe to Kingdom Fuel.
0: Kingdom Fuel is our complete nutritional meal shake.
1: It's the simple start to a transformed life. And we'll auto ship every month so you don't run out.
0: You'll receive two free shaker cups free access to our video courses and a monthly call with us filled with practical inspiration
1: just see the link below or on your screen and subscribe today
3: hey there kevin sorbo here now deep down we know this we're we're more than just a brain and a body we're a spirit we're a soul and we're also a physical temple If you hit the wall when you're trying to improve one aspect of your being, it's probably because, well, other aspects are sabotaging our success. So that's why diets don't work. And frankly, why so much conventional wisdom from our so-called medical establishments falls flat. Doctors Michelle and Mark Sherwood have a very different approach. I should know because I happen to be one of their patients. They address the whole person to get to know you, your challenges, and more importantly, what your goals are. Then they offer a complete plan that addresses your unique biology and your heart. They'll help you discover what you need to experience transformation. So find out more at sherwood.tv slash Sorbo. That's sherwood.tv slash Sorbo, or see the link before. Now I'm heading for a workout you should be going for a workout too. All right, guys. God bless. Hey,
2: everybody. Dr. Kirk Elliott here. And thanks, Mark, for, for having me on. Um, interesting topic today because it's it's a scary topic for everybody that has funds in the bank. right? So I don't know how many of you have ever seen the old classic Christmas story, It's a Wonderful Life, right? But but in that movie, there was a run on the banks, right? And it's like, oh my word, nobody had any any cash. Well, this actually is happening in real life and it won't be a wonderful life, right? So so the FDIC, um, the the Federal Depository Insurance Corp, right? There, when you have a bank account, a checking account, savings account, your bank accounts are what? They're insured up to $250,000, right? So we all feel safe, right? We all feel safe that, our bank accounts should be safe, right? They're not tied to the stock market, they're not tied to the bond market, or are they, right? Because what does the bank do with your funds? They lend it out, right? So so they used to be that every $100 you would deposit, they would keep $10 back, and they would loan out 90 bucks, right? So it was a 10% reserve requirement. Well, during COVID, the banks, all banks in America from the Federal Reserve said reserve requirement is zero. So they don't have to keep any money on hand at all. Zero, right? Oh my word, they could be ripe for for a bank run, right? So they also did one other thing. This happened last year. Also what happened last year was they they actually took, the Fed took $2.5 trillion of liquidity out of the banking system via a mechanism called a reverse repo mechanism, which just means they gave all banks these worthless U.S. Treasuries and stripped cash out. So they took out two and a half trillion. They made a zero percent reserve requirement, meaning banks don't have anything on hand. So their 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 liquidity is like minimal. But then in November of of 2022, a meeting was held at the FDIC, and this video just came out. Uh, this first end of the first week in January. It was a video of their meeting. It wasn't intended for public consumption because these FDIC officials were talking and what were they saying? We can't let the public know about this at all. Now the bankers, they need to know what's happening in the markets and the impending collapse. And see Mark, words have meaning, right? So impending collapse, they weren't talking about a collapse that might happen somewhere down the road, an impending collapse of the markets and the public can't know about what they're talking about in this meeting because that would have come with unintended consequences. It's like, what in the world were they talking about? So what they're talking about is the FDIC is running out of money. So we all think we have $250,000 insurance coverage. We don't because there's $9 trillion of, of our money in the banking system, 9 trillion, okay? They have 125 billion covering 9 trillion. That's 1.388%. So the FDIC only has 1.388% of all of our deposits covered. No wonder the FDIC officials, when they didn't know they were being recorded, said we can't let the public know about this because it would come with unintended consequences, which would be what a run on the banks. And how much banks do? How much money do banks have? Zero, zero percent reserve requirement, and they stripped two and a half trillion out. So, so this is where. What do we do? I mean, seriously, what do we do when, when our banks aren't even safe? And, and you and I have spoken in the past, Mark, about stock market collapse, bond market collapse. And, and a lot of times people just put their money in the banks when they want it safe and they just want to sit on the sideline. That's not even a good option now, right? With, with the banking system in, in complete shambles, no liquidity, and now FDIC, the insurance coverage is so underfunded They only cover 1.388%. So what do we do? What you and I have been talking about for months now, go into tangible assets like gold and silver. It's your safe haven. It's the flight for quality that we all need in times like this, because here's the growth that we've seen. Asset protection, first and foremost, we need to protect everything we've worked so hard to accumulate Silver and gold are the safest assets in the planet because they're things and things go up with inflation. But over the last 13 weeks, silver's up almost 40%. It was it was let's see, 3 months ago, so you know, 12 12 13 weeks, it was $17.97 an ounce. Today it's well over 24. It's up almost 40%. But 12 weeks doesn't make a trend. So let's look back further. Two and a half years. Silver was $11.91 an ounce in March of 2020. Now it's up to over 24. That's up 98% in two and a half years, averaging 38% year growth. That is amazing. In a time like this, when, when we're all concerned about stock markets collapsing, bond markets collapsing, we're losing equity in our houses. We can have a smile on our face like I always do because we can have something good. There's hope and there's light at the end of this tunnel. If you do the right thing, reallocate into silver or gold, tangible silver or gold, and we can help you with that.